0: should we get going? Uh, I'm Steve, got one mic, <laughs> and this is Viv. Um, <laughs> uh, she's bound to chip in, which I'm, I'm holding the mic ferociously, but um, uh, j- just a huge, huge, huge welcome. Let me just say from the outset, we haven't got a great plan or scheme of uh, intentionally cultivating a church for singles. Uh, and what we've got a bit—I don't know if you heard Jay last night. He had 65 pages mm-hmm. and created a created a 200-page book. We've got about 10 minutes, <laughs> and so we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna go from that. Uh, so uh, Viv and I, we we planted uh, Ballam Vineyard Church, which is in sort of south of Westminster, about five miles south of Westminster, uh, just over three years ago, and with the intention of uh, Having a church that we wanted to be part of, and so we uh, we had a dream, a dream that God gave us, and we just invited people to come come onto their dream. <laughs> we changed our name to Vineyard 61 uh, the summer last year because we went to a multi-site church. So we started. We were four weeks in to a, to a site, and so Elias, I need to stand up. There. Elias and his wife uh, lead the site in Battersea. And uh, so apparently we're now a multi-site church, uh, and so we um, we we're probably about three hundred adults, and we've got about fifteen kids, which for for a, a church of that size, people are really surprised how mm-hmm. how few kids kids we've got. Um, uh, and so what we're going to do today is uh, just give you a tiny, tiny bit of our of our uh, our heart for for people. Uh, which uh, so this this environment here feels very at home. Our, our church, we probably our average age is about twenty-four, twenty-five. Uh, and when we did church planting school, they said you're going to attract people ten years either side of your your age. And so we're, we're I'm, like claiming, I'm claiming, I'm claiming, <laughs> I'm. I am thirty-four. <laughs> What, what, we dis- what we thought, uh, a church in London, what, what London needs are smaller communities of life. Uh, we, we, we aggressively told people who were Christians not to join our church. And so we would have newcomers' lunches and people would come along. And I would, I would say, uh, my team would kind of cringe it, but I would say, we don't want Christians in our church. And uh, we aggressively set the bar really high but what we wanted to do is have a community and have, have a family. And so uh, some of the things that you're going to hear today are just some of our, our story about who we are as, as a... Uh, we are married. We, uh, we, have been, we have been married for uh, 23 years, um, which means I was married when I was about 11. <laughs> um, so I don't know the demographic of, uh, of the people in your town or your city, but... Where we are, probably around forty percent of our demographic are, are single people, and so uh, what we've done over the over the last three years is just invited anyone to come and come and get involved. Uh, before we move on, uh, I'm going to let uh, let's have the next slide. Get your phones up. And get your phones up. Uh, we're going to ask you to uh, to to fill in a questionnaire. Us just uh, so get your phone now. So go to the website menti.com. Type in that code. Anyone play Jackbox? Yeah,
1: yeah. It's, it's that kind of idea,
0: but without the graphics. Um, type in that code, and you've got two choices, two, two options really. Using one word, just tell me what's it like uh, being single. Yeah, so type in that code. And then using one word, what's it like being single in church? Or uh, if you are married, what's, what do you think it's like being single uh, in church? Oh, yeah. And ju- just fill in your answers. I don't know if we... There we go. So you start to see your answers come in. I don't know if this is a positive thing, but we've got a strong runner already. (laughs) (laughs) So your your phrases are on there. Um, Some people put emojis. um, uh, But lonely seems to be a high, high feeling of people. Isolating, intimidating, disheartening, difficult, hard, awkward... Second class,
2: unappreciated.
0: So yeah, so. Oh, there's in? there's an exciting. We'd go on. i was hoping we've got one. Where's that one then? Um, community. T- top top, uh, top. Exciting yeah. community, interesting. Free. Free. <laughs> Great. Fine, <Okay>. uh, fine, <laughs> fine. Like <laughs> <laughs> you, like <Thank> you, like us. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and so, um, what we what we recognise is that uh, g- going into a church for the first time is flipping intimidating. Yeah. Being part of a church uh, as a single person uh, is all of those all of those things. We uh, w- we have actively desired to include anyone, regardless of their uh, the marital status. And uh, whether uh, small group leaders, most of our small group leaders are, uh, are single, uh, most of the, uh, our staff team, we have a high proportion of our staff team is single, uh, so myself and, and Viv uh, co-lead the church and Georgia is our assistant part. so you're going to hear me, uh, from her later just about her experience. Uh, before we do that, I want to hand over to Rachel. Oh! Uh, who, uh, <laughs> she doesn't know she's doing this. Um, on the car journey here this morning, we, we just asked Rachel, what's it like, what's it like, why did you get involved in the church? I haven't prepped you, but why did not you just come forward and just tell us, what was it like to be part of our church and your, your story?
3: Oh, I can hold the mic.
0: Steve <laughs> doesn't let, usually let people hold the mic, so things onto it like
3: that, so it's quite exciting, I'm very honoured. Um, So for me, um, I was part of a very large um, vineyard church, but I never really had sort of a community there. And then I started looking for another church, and um, I sort of felt God say I needed to go to Ballon Vineyard. And I just thought, I can't bear just going by myself again to a church, just not to be noticed, and just to kind of sit in the back week after week and sort of speak to people, but never be invited or never to be really known. Um, And then so I just messaged... um, on the website they had, you know, messages, text us if you're coming. And so I just messaged and said, like, I'm coming by myself, like help. <laughs> um <laughs> and they were great. They messaged me being like, if you arrive at this time, we have a welcome team. If you arrive before that, drop us a text, like we'll meet you, and it was great. And then, you know, I went in, I went for coffee. At that time I was drinking coffee. Um <laughs> See, it's great, I'm off coffee now, thanks Church. Um <laughs> Uh, but yeah, what really helped was people actually inviting me to sit with them in the service because that's the lonely bit, you're sort of chatting with people and then they all go off into their seats and you're like, what am I supposed to do now? Um, but yeah, from that I got invited to lunch with everyone, um, I got invited to like extra things and it was always just come and join us doing this. And then from that, as the church grew, it just kind of developed into a culture of, you know, we've got to, you know, it now inspired me to sort of see someone coming in by themselves, but you go alongside them and you just mm-hmm. carry on that, because as the church grows, Viv and Steve can't have everyone to their house, as lovely as that would be. But it just meant that, you know, being so blessed by that, you just can't help but want to give out that again. Um, so, yeah, that's mm-hmm.
1: amazing.
2: Thanks <laughs> nice, so much, great. And um, one of the things that I just want to start off by saying is the microphone's gone. So I just speak really loudly. have a strong
0: voice.
2: <laughs> <laughs> um, I just want to affirm that everybody is made in the image of God, regardless of your relationship status. And I think so often in churches we create a culture where being married is the goal, and we kind of put marriage on this pedestal. And once you get to that, then you'll be invited into leadership. Or then you'll be invited into um, having a voice in the church. Mm-hmm. And that, that's, it's just wrong. It's not biblical. And, you know, in Paul and his letters, he says, don't be overly concerned with getting married. And don't be overly concerned if you're not married. And he, he just kind of like knocks it off. Because actually what we need is Christ in us. We heard that this morning, didn't we? It's Christ in us that fulfills us, it's not the goal of marriage. And I think that's, I, I almost feel a bit of a fraud standing here doing this seminar because I don't feel we've gone intentionally, oh, we want a church of singles. That's not the aim. We want a church where we are wholly and passionately pursuing God, regardless of your, your relationship status. So I feel like we've come across it a little bit by accident because we've, we've gone, we see the individuals rather than we see your relationship status. So that's the kind of like underlying thing, and because I feel like it's subconscious, and I feel like as we've been part of churches in the past where it's just been so family orientated and so marriage orientated, and the singles is just like an add-on, and that's not how it is in the kingdom. We we are seen as individuals. God sees us each as individuals. And just because we are married or single or divorced or whatever and the the other category as well is if you are married but your partner doesn't come to church it's such a lonely place to be and again People get bypassed because of their relationship status, and that is not the goal. So I think, first of all, it starts with the culture. It starts with a mindset shift, because it's not about, oh, we're going to put on a great programme for single people. It's actually about a mindset of, we value the individual regardless of their relationship status. So that's to kind of, like, set it up to start with. Um, I think, uh, yeah, we... Uh, when, I, when we were just preparing for this, I, I felt as though, actually, I just need to start off by apologising to single people or to people that are married without their partner there because, actually, I don't think we've done a good job as a church in representing you leadership, in giving you a voice, and if there are people here where you've been hurt by the church and you feel like you've just been overlooked, as a married person, as a leader, I just want to start by saying sorry because that is not God's heart for you, it's not God's heart for how He sees you. He He doesn't overlook you, and I think so often we give the message that somehow you're a second-class Christian if you're single, and it's just wrong. And I just I just want to start off by saying sorry. And um, Steve, St- you wanted to say something about that as well.
0: Just really <coughs> talking to uh, single women. And um, probably most Sundays or most Sundays uh, I will have um, a reaction because I'm a man uh, in, in two ways uh, so some of the single women either want a father figure or they don't want a father figure and m- lots of Sundays I'll have snot and <laughs> tears on my, on my shoulder and I, I've just got used to that and Viv, I, you know, that kind of Billy Graham you, you know you don't get kind of close to women and, and Viv and I we've we've sort of talked a lot about it but actually there's something uh, there's something freeing for, uh, for, for single women uh, for, pe- for, for, for women who've been hurt or abused by by men and so Christian men. and Christian men yeah. um, uh, I will I will be looking out for single women in the church and if there are bandits in our church, or if there are guys who are just after, because there's loads of ladies in the church, single ladies in church, and there's not a lot of single men in the church, so some single men will have free reign and to use and abuse uh, women. And so I will be part of my nature. I'll be looking out for for some of the bandits in the church, and um, I will I will often just uh, stop, interrupt a conversation, and uh, allow the lady to leave. That conversation. Give, give her permission, and then I will have sort of, um, sometimes frank conversations with with guys about dating culture. I, I'm just getting. I I don't understand the, the dating culture, and so I'm just trying to understand what it's like to be a guy dating, and uh, so I'll often having have conversations with guys about what does it what's it like dating three women at a time and letting letting that happen, uh, and is that good? Does that show uh, godly Christian characters to to women, and can you be a brother to your sisters, mm. or are you just there to to get what you want? Uh, some of the pastoral changes that in, in our previous church, we I, it was it was very married and parents parents. So the pastoral ministry that we had there is now very different. We got we've got used to. Talking about same-sex attraction, we've got used to talking about masturbation, porn, dating. We've got used to talking about sexual abuse. Uh, that we've got used to talking about anxiety and depression. Where previously we've, we've we'll be talking to married couples about their relationships or what it's like being parenting. So it's a very di- uh, we have a very different model. And so uh, I really enjoy talking about sex. And, um, <laughs> And so we, uh, it it kind of just uh, creates an environment where where guys I get to talk to haven't ever had uh, maybe a strong male to kind of tell them, don't do that, don't be a, don't be a muppet, (laughs) Um, just reflect on what you're what you're communicating. Um, So I I also just want to apologise to women Mm. who've been abused by, by men. Uh, also, uh, male leaders as well who who've taken uh, taken liberties, or or men who've taken liberties. There are some fantastic men uh, who are who are godly and caring and kind. And uh, uh, I just want to release uh, any any freedom. The, the picture that we had today was that for some of you, you you would walk in and you would leave a lot different. This wouldn't just be a workshop where you get some get some tools, but you would. Literally leave leave some things in this room, and you would go you you go away a lot lighter. What's next? <laughs> so that's our ten minutes. <laughs> 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 that's our ten minutes. Let me hand over to Georgia. Give a round of applause. <laughs> <laughs> hey guys, um,
4: I'm the token single person getting up to speak. <laughs> <laughs> they were like. my journey um, being in ministry and being single. I um cuz it's all it's all great to go to a church where people actually really look after you. Um but that's not all of our experiences. So um just a bit about my background. So I um I was a real estate agent in Australia for 6 years and then God radically called me to like follow him and give up every, everything and become a disciple which is Apparently different to be a nominal Christian <laughs> and I am um, anyway so I moved to America and um, went to a ministry school there I um, the last thing I ever wanted to do in my life was going to ministry my parents were pastors and I was like literally the definition of my life being over will be if I go into ministry and have no money. (laughs) And um, yeah, so following the call of God on my life there, I um, found myself in ministry school and really being called into ministry. And um, I had a, um, after my three years at this ministry school, I had an opportunity to become a pastor there. And so I went back for um, for this job interview and I had all of my eggs in that basket. I literally had $2 in my bank account, you know, just, just totally putting, you know, just really felt like God had called me into this. The door had opened. I already had a, a full intern team coming from all over the world. I had a, a girl that was on her way from Switzerland and I hadn't even got the job yet. <laughs> and um, anyway, I, um, I, I didn't get the role. And um, there were five physicians going and they were all filled by the wives of pastors who were already on staff. And um, you know when you're in that moment where it's like, I really feel like I've heard God, like I really feel like I've been faithful. And, and now it's just like this slam door in front of me and all I can see on the door is just single. And, um, and I felt majorly like untrusted by the uh, sun. <laughs> we go. Um, majorly for untrusted. Um, and not that that is the heart of, of this of this school. Um, but that was that was the message that I got. And um, anyway, so moving on from that, I did a year of like itinerant ministry. Um, which was great, really exhausting. I basically did that because I I had no other choice just to raise funds and to you know, go and just follow Jesus, which is why I actually ended up here. I um, had four days left of my visa in the States and the only place I could afford to um, fly was either Jamaica or England.
3: And um,
4: I chose England, but ended up living with Jamaicans. It was really weird.
1: <laughs>
4: anyway, so I, um, after a year of doing that, I moved to London and um, and got into this church, and they had like a really intense um, membership program, where you couldn't um, you couldn't become, you couldn't pray for anyone in the church until you were a member. But you had to go through this like rigorous. Sorry,
1: can you change the mic again? It's like
4: SP is our operations manager, and he's the best. <laughs> <laughs> so great with sound. He's like he's the man. It's <laughs> <Great>. <laughs> so i'll just project my voice so um yes yeah, so i got into this church and it it sort of affirmed all of the fears that i had about just discrediting um me as a single person it was very much all about um going towards marriage if you are single then you would get prayer for marriage mm-hmm. um yeah. and it and i felt like I, what I felt was that I couldn't actually like, pursue the call of God on my life because I was single. Like, I wasn't going to be trusted until there was a ring on my finger that said someone has trusted me, so therefore I'm trustworthy. Mm. And um, so I took a bit of a break from ministry. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I worked at the Shard here, that building there. Um, and I loved it. It was really fun. And they didn't discriminate discriminate, discriminate against me because of my relationship status, which was amazing. <laughs> and um, one day God said to me, Thanks. Um, one day God said to me, I want you to resign. And I was like, No, like these people have just started um, the sponsorship process to keep me in the country. And I've like, my manager had given her heart to Jesus. I was praying for people in the staff room We're getting baptised in the Holy Spirit. I was just like, no, this is my ministry. I can do more here than I can in the church, you know. And um, anyway, but it was just this real Abraham and Isaac moment. Like, I just had to had to give it over. And um, And God was like, I'm calling you back into the ministry. I was like, no. <laughs> Um, and um, I, I don't know if you guys have ever done those things on, those questionnaires on Facebook where they like, you know, they say, I oh, answer these questions and find out which Disney princess you are. Like that kind of thing. <laughs> anyway, so there was, there was one on there and it was like, um, it was like my last week working at The Shard. And, um, and so it was, it came off my newsfeed and it was like, what is your next vocation? And my friend had shared her, um, her results and she was going to be an inspirational speaker. And I was like, oh, this is going to be so affirming for me. I'm going to, I'm going to rig the test and answer it so I get that same thing, that I'm going to be an inspirational <laughs> speaker. Anyway, so I, like, I answered all the questions. And then it came up and said, your next vocation is going to be as a Victor culturalist. Does anyone know what that means? No. <laughs> right, no. And um, you know what it means?
3: Yes. What does it mean? It's with the and, uh, all
4: that sort it well. does. Um, yes. So what it actually means. So I copied and pasted it into Google, and it means someone who works in a vineyard. <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs>
4: I didn't put that together for quite a while. Um, anyway, so then went on this on this journey of. Um, of deciding what I was gonna do, I um it, many people had told me to come to this church, which was like a fifteen minute walk from my house, but I knew it was a startup. and being um <laughs> <laughs> being a pastor's kid, I have stacked enough chairs for a lifetime. <laughs> I'm like, I wanna to go to an established church where they have a good sound system and life is always cutting out. <laughs> anyway, so um r- faithfully, one more, I don't know if it was faithfully or with resentment, but I went to this church and I walked in and literally I was just, I just started bawling my eyes out and I just cried for the entire thing. And I was like, these are my people. Um, and I just, I just so felt the Father's heart there. And within, I think it was probably about six weeks, I was working for the church. It, it was... A, a really random time. I won't go into it because it's too random. But um, too long and slightly off topic. Um, but really, what I found in that process was that it doesn't take a title to make you trustworthy, and that no matter no matter what, because you, you know, insecurity will always pack its bags and come with you. Mm. And so, you know, if your title does change, if you do get married and that insecurity is still there, it will come with you into mm. that marriage. There will still be something else that disqualifies you. <laughs> there will still be something else that will disqualify you and say, you are not good enough. You will not be trusted until. There will always be another hurdle to overcome. Mm. So, I just want to stand here as a single woman who's in senior leadership and say, like, What do I want to say? (laughs) (laughs) I just want to say that it's...
1: it's,
4: (laughs) Jesus, help me right now. I want to say a couple of things. I want to say that it isn't a title that makes me trustworthy. Mm -hmm. And another thing that is a real core value of our church is that we don't promote people based on gifting. We promote them based on character. And so we see the individual. So we don't look at someone and say, oh, oh, like, SP, for example, has an amazing life. But we don't say, because SP is going to be there, Addison is also going to be there. We look at them in, as individuals and we say, well, what is the call of God on your life? And, and this is a big thing. Like, I think that um, there wasn't one moment through the process of coming onto staff with um, Viv and Steve where I thought, I wonder if they trust me. I, I felt like I was seen as an individual and there wasn't any, and I think this is, this is a, there's a, there's a real, there's something really big in this that we're not promoted based on, on who we're attached to, on how good we can sing, on how well we can preach, it's just based on, on I have fought my battles and because I fought my battles I have a trustworthy heart. And because I have a trustworthy heart, I am akin to his heart. And, and now I can go and I can, there is nothing that, and I just want to release that over this room, like there is nothing that hinders you from fully embracing the call of God in your life. Yeah. And um, to be honest, there's been some, some times in this conference where I felt really discouraged because I've looked around the room and I'm just like, everybody is married here everybody is married you know like it's a leadership conference and everyone is married I feel like I'm the only single person in the room and you knowing everyone who's on stage is married and no not everyone but the vast majority um, but I just want I just want to encourage you that you know the call of God is so much greater than that yeah. Yeah. and um, and that there is I don't know like I just feel like something's gonna Rise up out of this, and because um, once you once you get a hold of this, you become unstoppable, and not in a rebellious kind of way, but in a um, in a nothing can stop what God wants to do, and the way that He wants to move. Okay. I did write a few notes on this, so I just want to read what they are. <laughs> okay, so I just want to touch on something really quickly um and that is we have a really healthy culture of like dating in our church and i think it's because like there there isn't the goal of life is not to be married it's to be a disciple of christ and so we have lots of people at church who have dated who have broken up who've dated who've got engaged who've dated who've got married there's um there's always been hey thank you great (laughs) Okay, let's keep going. Yeah, so there's there's a very so I think that when when marriage isn't the pressure isn't on marriage, when the goal isn't on marriage, it creates a healthy dating culture. Yeah. And um yeah, so that might be something that you want to take home and chat about with your leaders.
1: Uh, great.
0: I carry on? Yeah. Thank you, children. Great. Oh, Thank you. So we wanted to give some, yeah. We wanted to give some models that we, we have been doing. Uh, when we first started, we, uh, we started with about 10 of us, and we, we wanted to call 50 people on mission. And so our main aim was to, to get involved in mission, rather than um, let's just get a big church. Uh, but what we did every Sunday is we invited, uh, we went out e- during the summer, every Sunday we went to, to the park for a picnic or we had barbecue uh, and we did that intentionally every week that Viv and I were were there and we just gathered a whole crowd of people. Uh, as, um, as soon as we had about 30 people in our house, we kind of realised uh, we, we might need to do something else. Um, Uh, what and what what's happened is that people have come into our church Mm -hmm. and that they've seen that there's something happening on the Sunday after that uh, so we call I I can't in my head I call them fat Sunday so so the Sundays they it's not just the morning but there's there's something that happens afterwards and people who've come for the first time uh, we have a phrase that there's always room for one more Mm -hmm. Uh, so even on our hospitality teams if someone comes up and says can I help even though, no, I'm rota for this one week. You, know, you have to sign up to a rota to help. We, we say no, this is like family. If a family, yeah. if a family member comes in for Sunday lunch, you say, yeah, can you peel the potatoes? We have this idea that on a, on a Sunday that if someone comes in for the first time, there's always room for one more. And that uh, uh, before our Sunday service, so we start at half 10, but that first half an hour, It's just a time for social. So we have really good pastries, very good coffee, and just a time in that half an hour just to catch up and socialize. And then in that time, for Viv and I, we've noticed that we're able to scoop up some of the visitors. Because a visitor always comes early, and so uh, we're able to connect with those visitors. The regular members turn up about 5 to 11. Tend to be but it gives us that time and the other kind of the, the team leaders time to connect with people who are on their own. One of the things that we ask is that everyone just look out for for someone, and that if you're if you're going to your seat, grab someone who's maybe looking looking on their own. Uh, the other thing that we we do is uh, so we have people who are pastoring people who are decades older than older than. Uh, we have a, yeah. a, a, a man in his—he's retired—and then we've got uh, we've got a twenty-four-year-old, twenty-five-year-old, twenty-five, <laughs> who's pastoring him. Mm-hmm. He's just looking out for him and praying for him. And uh, so this guy Brian's like, "Is Alex here today? I, I just want to get Alex to pray for me." Mm-hmm. And I, I love that. I love that dynamic that single guys can pray for single young guys can pray for older people, and and vice versa. Um, let me just tell you about our small group. Uh, structure as well which I think is coming in so uh, yeah let's go back to that one so we, we have the kind of usual things that some of the uh, churches will have so we have sports and social groups Uh talks about most Sundays we have regular picnics uh, where we are in Ballin there are thousands of pubs and bars and coffee shops uh, restaurants we do a monthly board games club which again is another way just an excuse to keep people connected a um, monthly newcomers barbecues are really interesting, interesting because we have people of no faith coming to those newcomers lunches, and that's a very odd dynamic. In our church, most Sundays we'll have people who have got no faith, the atheists, uh, people of different faiths, homeless people. Um, what one thing that we say in our newcomers lunch is that if you want to make friends, be friendly. <laughs> It's the best way to, 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 uh, uh, to be connected into the church. Lots of people go, "I want people to come to me." Uh, what we've noticed and again, we just say that we say some statements, or what we've noticed, the people that come into the core quicker are those people that go out to make friends. And uh, some people I say, um, the best way to make friends for you is just to listen. And,
1: s- <laughs> and stop talking <laughs> about yourself.
0: Um, and we just kind of help people to how, how are they going to make friends. Uh, the other things that we do, are termly, termly events, Thanksgiving dinners. Um, uh, Isaiah 61 says the, uh, the foreigners will tend to your vineyards. And so we've got a lot of foreigners in our church, a lot of Americans. And so we have uh, Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving in, in November. Uh, we have also student socials, we have those kind of usual things. The way we do our small groups, and what, what we found, particularly for guys in in small groups, is that it's very feminine. Guy, guys in a small groups, they're, they're often, let's talk about feelings, let's kind of unpack things, let's sit really close to one another, and let's sing songs to each other. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and so as a guy, we wanted to let's meet as a as a guy and so we, we started an event maybe get to the next one we started uh, something so once a month we we close all our small groups on the last 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 week of the month we close all our small groups and we meet in uh, men's and women's environment and so as a, as a man my priority was uh, can we have alcohol meat and uh, where we can just stand up <laughs> simple, simple. What <laughs> um, we're going to is going <laughs> to talk a little bit about that brave, brave talk and, and some of the conference later. And so for the for the ladies, they meet together, and, and that's actually fantastic. Uh, some of the guys are saying we want to do brave talk as well because what they're covering is very, very interesting. <coughs> Uh, let's go to the next one one. over last last May we ran a single life workshop which um, which is a fantastic three day workshop looking at what it's like to be healthy and Georgia is going to just talk about that and then what we, so it's very American and so some of the translation for our for our guys, in terms of the, the the language and terminology, and so we wanted to create a kind of a British version of, of of this. So, so Georgia, why don't you just talk about what we do at Brave Talk and then the single life? Yeah.
4: Great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, so everyone would have got this on their chair. It's um, an invitation to our Brave Talk conference. Um, yeah, so we ran the single life workshop last year, and it's amazing. It's really intense. It's like going through like you know all the lies that you've been believing, getting freedom, and it's like you do it in a small group, and it's like an intense environment, um, which was amazing. But a lot of people can't take that kind of time off work, and it's quite expensive as well. So we're doing a more localized London version, which is. Um, covering topics of um, dating, conflict, um, breaking addiction, finding who you are in the process. It's just a real, um, we've got some great speakers, um, and the whole idea behind Brave Talk, which is what, what I do every, every month with the, with the women, is um, it's about gathering to talk about things that are real, so it's real people talking about relevant topics. So whether that's how to overcome shame, whether that's how to get work-life balance, um, whether that is how to break sexual addiction. um, It's very much open to anyone who wants to bring their work colleagues. So we have a lot of people coming from outside of the church. Um, Now this Brave Talk conference is is definitely um, Christian only. It's gonna be, um, because Christian dating is very different to dating in the world. And so, um, but the whole idea with this conference is to release hope into Christian singles and to realign realign them to um, the greater call, which is to be a disciple. And, um, and I think that the, the whole, the idea of marriage has become a bit of an idol um, in our culture. And I know that for me it has, it, it had. And so I've had to like realign my heart and, and be real with the fact that that is a desire like, it, it is a desire of my heart, but it's not the call of my life. Mm-hmm. And so just realigning with that. just going
1: to st- sit over here. Yeah.
4: <laughs> <laughs> and, um, yeah, so what do you think Thank, we... you, thank you, thank you. Great. Th- that's the way that Steve ends thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, you. Yeah. <laughs> You've
0: said it up. I learned something really good. If you want to end a conversation... We had a lot, lots of, like, small talk conversations this last few days. Um... My favourite phrase is, it's been really nice to meet you. <laughs> <laughs> and it's really, it's really work. It's really <laughs> um, What we wanted to do now, maybe go to the, the next slide. We want to talk about some of the, for pastoral ministry, we want to talk about some of the benefits and the challenges. And, uh, and so some of the benefits that what we've noticed is that the energy, the energy in the room, the, the freedom in the room, when we changed our name, uh, f- from a from a church point of view, uh, behind the scenes we do a lot of change. Uh, there's a lot of change management. How are we going to communicate this this next change? Changing your name and changing the vision of the church is quite a major major deal. So we we spent ages thinking, you know, how are we going to do this? We need to you know manage this change. People are going to be offended. People are going to leave the church. Uh, the energy it was the easiest thing we've ever done in terms of changing everything about the church. Uh, It was the the change, and that was because of uh, the the people in the room that we have in the room, just the freedom and the ease. And so now that we've started another site, people now start saying, where's next? Where are we going next? This is great, and it's addictive. and, uh, And so the capacity for individuals as a church, we what we've done intentionally is we've set the bar really high for Christians, and we have set it really low for for unbelievers, um, and for people because of that high challenge we give, people have gone, oh, I I can step up to that. We're, we want to uh, in our church we like George said we're a startup and so we're a church planted on mission, and we will always have a missional aspect of our church, and so if you're part of our church, we say, if you're a Christian uh, and you're part of another church, don't come to our church, but if you if you feel like God's called you to our church, we're on mission, and this is where we're going, and so we set the bar quite high, um, but also individuals' capacity compared to uh, married couples with, with, pa- with parents and with children, the capacity for, for uh, lots of the individuals we have in the church is extremely uh, extremely, very, very very different and so uh, they're, they're able to give us some some time and some energy and resources, we've seen huge huge space for that um, we give, as a leader we give a lot of freedom to lead as well uh, and our church, we've got we, we see everyone before, before we planted the church we, we felt as though God was going to send us world class leaders and the way we just assume everyone in the room is a world-class leader. And so our perception of individuals is based on what, what God has spoken to us about initially. So if the people in, in the room are there, we've assumed that God sent them because they're a world-class leader. So our view of an individual is, is with that in mind. Some of the challenges, maybe the next one, and then we'll, what we got. Some of the challenges we have in terms of we don't have any homes. Uh, the the, the, the <laughs> challenges is... Compared to a married couple or parents, they've got lounges. They've got, in our context, we don't have lounges. Um, and that's been a real, real issue for us. Real issue for us that we don't have a lounges. Uh, purity. Uh, we talk about, as a pastor, you, you put on a kind of a, an unshockable face because you hear all kinds of stuff. Uh, I've been really challenged by the stuff I've heard. And whereas in most contexts, I would, you know, have a kind of a face, counselling face. Hmm, that's really interesting. <laughs> some of the stuff I've heard, I've just gone like my, my face is just shocked. Some of the, the level of uh, purity, some of the issues that people have faced, the the abuse that some some people are facing, the thoughts of suicide, anxiety, depression. Self-harming, um, some of the stuff about dating. Uh, I just, how's how's that working for you? Is that working for you as a as an individual? Uh, dra- drama. <laughs> 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 I should have just like I, I was thinking about how do I have to make this flash? <laughs> uh, it's, it, there's lots of dramas, and uh, the, uh, what I've noticed pastoral ministry is that. Yeah. Uh, people are a lot more up and down yeah. in, it, in our context uh, yeah. sex is a big issue which we've talked about loneliness which was probably the high one of the things that you you guys mentioned yeah. as the core yeah. core issue vices uh, uh, alcohol yeah. drugs sex uh, those kind of are, uh, workaholics mm-hmm. uh, addictions um, the need for uh, attention and approval, some of those vices we've we really noticed and had to kind of catch up on in terms of the pastoral ministry. Uh, everyone wants a mentor. <laughs> everyone wants a kind of father figure, mother figure, and um, and so everyone, we have a lot of people saying, uh, not a lot of people come to me, but a lot of people come to me. <laughs> Will you be my mentor? Will you be my mentor? And so uh, we're, we're having to think about how we do that. Okay. What do you want to do? Do you want to do Q&A or do you want some prophecy? Prophecy. Prophecy. Yeah. Prophecy. It was okay. both. Okay. Or both. Can I ask you a question after the prophecy? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Hands up. Prophecy first or Q&A first? Hands up for prophecy? prophecy. Hands up for Q&A. Hands up for nothing. Hands up for <laughs> what, a, what a bit of a break. Um, can I get everyone in our in our church to come to come up? Uh, we. This is our church. Um, we've got a few more members than this. <laughs> this is who's here. Um, those people that put their hands up, who want prophecy? Just put your hand up again. Great. You you get it first. Yes. <laughs> so keep your hand up. Um, what's your name?
1: My name. Yeah. Teeny.
0: Teeny. Yeah. Stand up.
3: Please. Okay. Sorry. I know. Thanks. Yeah.
0: No. We we're all involved.
3: Oh jinx! <laughs> um,
0: so we're just going to ask Jesus what, what if Jesus was standing next to you, and this is for everyone. If Jesus was standing next to next to her, what does he say about her? And and in prophecy, it's what's what's her preferred future, and what are the things that that Jesus wants to her her, release her into. You're really wise. Thank you. You're very, very wise. You're very, very wise. Do you do you teach or do you study? Or do you have some academia behind you?
4: Um, I did study, and I'm now in children's ministry, teaching kids about Jesus. Mm.
0: Okay. I, what I saw is that some of the some of the academia that you've had, um, just that that. Children, there's ministry that we give children, but there's teaching. We don't just gather, gather the children just to entertain them for two hours. I think there's some teaching that, that God is, like curriculums that God is wanting to give you in order to release to, to children's ministry. Where are you based? Glasgow. <laughs> Does anyone else have anything for tini. this wonderful, for teening? Yes! Stand up. You have to be ready. You have to shout yes. <laughs> Grab a seat. Grab a seat. Uh, oh, sorry. okay. Um, <laughs> sorry. I'm, uh, I'm <laughs> <it yet>. <laughs> 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 but very quickly, um, I just felt uh, as soon as she stood up, um, the Lord just highlighted your 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 heart and how much you care. and um, mm-hmm. I I I see that you have a really strong gift of, of encouragement and lifting people up and the Lord really loves that. Okay, okay. first fruits of the hands. Who, who else put their hand up? Can you stand up? Yeah, great. Oh,
2: what was your name? Kevin.
4: Kevin.
0: I just get, thought, well, can I get just what? Well, can I get some people to just begin praying for you? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Some of the guys around around there just begin praying, and then Rachel will stand um, up, grab, touch him in an appropriate place. <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> so I've just got the word father figure, and I feel like young men in particular are really kind of looking up to you, and really just wanting to learn from your walk and your faith and how you've done it. And it's just the way that you act and the way that you carry yourself. It's not necessarily, you know, things that you've said to them or your teachings. It's just, you know, your faithfulness and your walk and sort of your holiness that they're sort of encouraged by. Mm-hmm. So,
0: yeah. Um, I saw a picture of uh, you driving a tractor in a field and um, connected to connected to stuff that was pulling, and you were pulling lots of stuff. And I thought the Lord would highlight the fact that... Um, you're a man who'd like to bring, you sort of bring a lot, a lot with you. So like you have an incredible capacity to bring, like, get a lot of stuff moving and maintain that momentum. And so harvesting the field, there are lots of people working on that. And usually you, pushing
2: it. <laughs> it's usually pushing
0: it. What do you, what do you, do you have a job? Uh, I was the church caretaker. I am retired. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Wow. yeah I had um I had something similar to that. I felt like uh and I, I could be wrong, but I felt like God was saying that you're questioning a call into a new season, but he wants to confirm he wants to confirm that call to the new season and to remind you that his presence was going with you. Mm-hmm. I, I got gardening
1: a I, I think there's somebody to the wow. I got a picture of you yeah Got that Go I had you um, as a, a, a sharpshooter. So I, I pictured you behind a gun. Um, and kind of as, as Rachel was talking, um, that your poise, your patience uh, is, is one of your strengths. Uh, God wants to really strengthen that, uh, that uh, idea that you are a man of patience and um, that... Um, the, the guys that are around you uh, will be taking that from you that you pinpoint because you breathe and you're patient and you're stable yeah. Yeah. so Lord I just I just pray stability I just pray stability over Kevin God and right, so you strengthen Strengthen him. Strengthen his back, God. Yeah. You have problems with your lower back. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, Holy Spirit, I just ask healing, yeah. healing right now. Yeah. Can someone touch his lower back? Yeah. Oh. Holy Spirit, I just ask mm. that you relieve tension. Yeah. You untwist the knots. And you just bring relief, God.
3: just had a picture of you having a crown on your head. And then as God placed that crown on your head, you stood straighter, your entire back and it straightened out. So
2: I'm just going to pray that of you. I just oh, want to pray that, yeah, thank you, God, that you place a crown on Kevin's head. Yeah, yeah. And you claim him as your own. <laughs> He is your child, and he is crowned in your glory,
4: with your spirit in him, and you make him new, and you restore
3: him to fullness. Yeah. That's
0: then, amazing. Um, I was a uh, crack
1: shot with a pistol in the army. Wow! <laughs> wow. It. it was a pistol that I saw. It wasn't a rifle. It was. So a pistol. I can't shoot
0: a rifle.
4: You <laughs> <laughs> okay, just quickly, um I feel like for anyone wearing green in the room, I just see real breakthrough over finances. I just saw this um
0: stand up. Stand so up. You, can you just like those.
4: stand up. Proceed, and if it's kind of a bit off green, yes, yeah, yeah, anything you <laughs> could <bit> of green, <laughs>
2: yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. People might not be able to
4: see where you're wearing green, but if you're wearing it, it's not down. yeah. I just saw this like breaking of finances, and it,
0: it's been like a
4: um like a glass ceiling that you haven't been able to get out of. sure everyone. Um, just like the. They're just making it to the end of the month, just making it to the next paycheck, not knowing where rent's gonna come from. I just saw this, um, yeah, just this breakthrough, like, and, and just rejoicing, like Jubilee, like, praise God, like, this is real, this is so real. Yeah, so we just release that over you, and I just. I just say, um, it's not just to survive, it's for the overflow, it's for the more, it's, it's for abundance, that we serve the God of abundance. So wherever there's a mindset that's limiting, I just say no right now, and that's to anyone in this room, anyone in this room. Wherever there's a, a poverty mindset that's holding you back, I just say, Jesus, come right now and restore that, restore that just to, to a, 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 a mindset of abundance. Yeah, there is more than enough in the kingdom. Yeah, that it, it's not too late for you. You haven't been passed over. Thank you, Jesus.
2: The, the other thing I really feel is that, uh, that people, are wait, people have been waiting to get married or people have been waiting to have a family and I just feel as though um, we, we are desperate, desperate in this society for fathers and mothers. This is not a biological thing, whether you've got kids or not, but we are desperate for fathers and mothers, people that will look after people, that will nurture people, that will gather people. If you, de- if you and this isn't, a, a, this isn't necessarily a physical thing, but if you, if you feel like your heart is beating and that God is calling you to be a father and mother, you can be 18, you can be, it doesn't matter, it's not about age, but if God is calling you to be a father and mother, we are desperate in this nation for fathers and mothers. And this isn't about relationship status. So if you, if you feel that on your life, that, you, that God is calling you to be a father or a mother, or if you feel like you've missed out on that in the physical realm, like, stand up. <laughs> <laughs> so would you come, Holy Spirit, come, Holy Spirit. And would you, would you just birth right now in people this, this desire and this capacity to father and mother people? And in a, in a, in a nation that's broken, the, the, where they, we don't have good role models or we don't have good um, fathers and mothers, would you we just release fatherhood and motherhood over people? I just see people with like broods of people around them almost, broods of, of kids, and this is not dependent on age, you can be mothering and fathering people that are older than you, but just the spirit of, of parenthood,
0: would you just release that in this room? Sets now yes. your presence to come and shift. Thank you for your promise today mm. that we would lead different. Mm. A couple of weeks ago, I, I walked up a mountain and I and I left uh, some some lies and I, I gave God uh, some of the junk in my heart. Mm. And I had to forgive uh, my dad, and I had to kind of let leave that at the mountain. Mm-hmm. I just feel like today that for some of you, mm-hmm. you might need to just leave some things in this ring. A lady right at the back with this grey scarf, the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. is on you at the moment. Mm-hmm. And we, we, we ask the God of the breakthrough, breaking right now, would you increase your power right now? And we give. Uh, uh, we give permission for an increase in single leaders. We, we release, mm. we release in this atmosphere, and we release within the movement, mm. an increase in that leaders who are single and celebrated and champion. Thank you. So Holy Spirit come, mm. we give back. And we receive now your truth. If you if you want any uh, the, the workshops finished, uh, if you do want any any more prayer, uh, just like we said, Sunday, we'll pray for anyone for anything. If you've got any questions, just come up to any any one of us here and ask just us some more questions. <laughs> but my God, my God, bless you. And again, if you want to come along <laughs> to our break from conference. Uh, just take that away with you. If you know people that that do, um, yeah, you'll be you'll be so so welcome. God bless you. Have a great great rest of the evening, and wherever you're you're travelling back to tonight or tomorrow. God bless. God bless.